Ocean Cast, where we randomly decided to switch our positions. My name is Matt, and joining me today is a very special guest, Matt. Hi. Hey, buddy. Hey, did you know it's the uh, week 12 of the fall season and that we're going to be covering all sports anime from December 17th to December 23rd? I do now. Oh. And even though, like, yeah, we're pretty late on this one, but in our defense, it was Christmas. Yeah, kinda. You know, we're recording this as soon as we possibly could. Yeah. Um, we had plenty of go plenty going on this weekend, as I'm sure many others yep. did. Um, yeah, and what's, go what's going on in the future, just to get our announcements out of the way, is that this is going to be our last, uh, weekly episode for the foreseeable future. Yep. Um, we're still going to release the series reviews for, uh, the shows we did this season, um, and then we're going to focus, moving forward, uh, more on just doing series of reviews instead of episodic reviews right. week to week. Um, so we're not going away, but we are changing the format slightly. Um, so with that said, uh, do you want to just dive in, Matt? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, you want to talk about uh, March Comes In Like a Lion? Okie dokie. Alright, so this is the 33rd episode of March Comes In Like a Lion. The one show we won't uh, be doing a review for right away, but we will uh, definitely do it when it ends after next season. Right. Um, Alright, so uh starts off with the uh, the president of the Shogi Association asking Ray if he can uh, participate in a commemoration match uh, before the next cup in order to sort of drum up some excitement for it. Uh, he is going to be playing ahead of uh, Shimada, who keeps winning, uh, but hurts their marketing campaign because he's a really boring Shogi player. Um, separately, uh, Ray gets congratulated uh, with, by his fellow uh, Science Shogi Club members, uh, but he finds out that they're all going to be graduating, so they're uh, leaving the club to focus on college admissions. Uh, so Ray ends up uh, getting new members to join the Shogi Club, but all the new members are faculty and staff who just want to learn Shogi, and so now he's just teaching Shogi to adults <laughs> instead of uh, making any new friends. Right. Um, so, again, this episode kind of felt like it was sort of moving in place. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a particularly interesting episode. I mean, it's kind of funny to, funny to see that really the only people that Ray can relate to, outside of a couple of other young weirdos, are basically adults. Yeah. Uh, just because, I mean, the like, the faculty members who join specifically are the principal and vice principal who want to take the opportunity to learn shogi from a pro. Because yeah. Shogi is none not... of the other, yeah, none of the other kids are interested at all. Right, yeah, and it's ba but yeah, it's basically just those two, uh, mm -hmm. and because and they even mention like, uh, you know, just be like, yeah, it's like we still don't technically have enough members, but whatever, we're the principal and vice principal, we can kind of do what we want here. Yep. Uh, but it's it doesn't really add a lot to the series. I kind of get the sense right now that the author was kind of. Kind of, I said this last week, but it bears repeating, you know. Author was kind of struggling to come up with some plot points. They, they clearly sure. have somewhere they want to go, but mm -hmm. in order to get there, they're just kind of... Like, they're probably stalling for time to get ideas. Yeah, they're kind of between arcs. Yeah, sort of. And, you know, there's not really a whole lot here. I guess the major thing that we got was that Ray is kind of finally found a home. Like, you know, and... I mean, I hate to say it, but... How many times have we said that? Yeah, exactly. Like, there's only... It's getting a little tiring. 
Yeah, in this episode, we find out that Ray is less unhappy. And, you know, I hate to say it, but the series has kind of gotten a little less interesting since he's become happy, you know? Well, and and it's not its fault. Like, right. that, that's perfectly fine. I don't... I, I think it's good that he has some progression. What we don't necessarily need is for that to keep being a standalone plot point. Like, look, he's happy. Again. Right. Still. How about that? Isn't that interesting? And Ray's like, huh, I'm happy. And the audience is like, look, he's happy. And then the <laughs> next episode, he's happy in a different way. Yeah, kind of. I think the one thing I will say about this episode is that um, it does kind of capture that sense of, mm. like, a, you know, when you're depressed and, there, you know, when, you, when you're when you kind of starting to get out of it, you kind of have this moment where you realize you're happy and you kind of have this sort of self-realization of how weird that is yeah uh and i it, the implication was ray was having a little bit of that but it was kind of a it was a bit more of a happier feeling for him because he's like you know he's kind of getting beyond that now because he's happy but it's okay but he's now realized that i'm happy and but it's okay if i become sad again because i'll always have this moment right. which again is nice but it doesn't really do anything for the plot you know. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily merit 20 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know what does? <laughs> oh, I was hoping you were going to bring this up. Is it 2-Car, Matt? It's, it's, it's 2-Car. <laughs> Great, let's talk about the final episode of 2-Car, episode 12. Okay, so what we find out is that Megumi injured her leg after falling off of the, uh, off of the Ashihita Bamaru. Um... Uh, and uh, rather than dropping out of the tournament, at the behesting of their own coach, uh, they decide to switch positions that they have no experience with, uh, and they end up altering their motorcycle so that uh, Megumi can be the one who drives only using one foot, while uh, Yuri ends up as the passenger. Uh, both of them get pushed into continuing to drive. It's the final day. It's the day of the actual race. Uh, and they end up in last place, uh, and they get very frustrated with one another because neither one will admit that they are trying to give up on the coach. So, th uh, they end up punching each other and getting into a terrible fight while it storms. Uh, after they get over that, they decide to keep going, and they manage to catch up to everybody because during that storm, everybody else had to slow down, uh, for safety reasons. But not them. They sped up and caught right up to everybody else. Uh, and they end up winning. And then at the very, very end of the episode, Betty breaks up with Coach Tanahashi. Yeah. And the little sociopaths are going back to chase after their coach. The end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just... These girls are being rewarded. Yeah, well... What gets me is that there was no growth. Yeah. Yeah, Like, no. the entire show was moments of growth and then reversion to where you started yeah exactly um, and it's kind of idolizing that yeah it's uh, it, I, I it was very strange because at the end of the day it said like oh they tried to sabotage someone else's relationship they succeeded uh and that's and they won the tournament because of it like like i i can't understand what they want us to learn from this other than if these characters grow and change then it affects 
how you're supposed to be a fan of them or something. Uh, like, and that's the thing, because I really don't... Like, this is the really insidious part of the show. I think the point that they're trying to get at is that you're supposed to basically insert yourself into Coach Tanahashi. Uh, because he's the one who's getting all the ladies. Because, you know, he got with Betty Burchill, he got with the foreign curvy girl. Uh, but now Without even trying. Yeah, basically without even trying. And but now you know he. But now she's done with him. But don't worry, he's got his own little harem set aside for him because he has these cute high school girls who want to get with him, who still want to get with them. And it's not really thinking about the implications here. Like yeah. these girls should not have been rewarded for their behavior because what they did was monstrous. Yeah, and also just boring. Yeah, um, like like that they. The entire show is either they've wanted to, like, be nasty to one another, backstab, and, like, be hurtful to anyone who gets in their way in order to, like, be, have this one man talk to them nicely. Right. Um, and then they get over it and they realize, oh, no, friendship is more important than, uh, romantically pursuing someone who will never reciprocate your feelings. Right. Yeah. And they learn that lesson about three times, and then they unlearn it every time as soon as it looks like there's a possibility that that same man will have a conversation with them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, literally, as, because literally what happens is she throws away their, that, like, you know, she throws away their engagement ring like Betty does. Yeah, but oh, can we just ask on what basis? Yeah, I, that's what I don't get. <laughs> like, she just suddenly decides, okay, I'm done with you now. Which well, I, yeah, because I get... you don't... What she says is, like, you didn't understand me after all. You only understand racing. And he says, okay. <laughs> like, he's not even <laughs> distraught over this. He's just like, oh, okay, fine, I guess. You're yeah. probably right. Uh, is is there a difference? I don't know. And, yeah. I mean, in you know what? In her defense, he what he advised the girls to do was completely irresponsible. Yeah. Like, the, he asked them to ride in positions that they were not trained for, while one of them was injured. And, like, he doesn't seem to understand how dangerous what he suggested was. Because mm -hmm. it's not... Yeah, but of course, that's not what made Betty break up with him. What made Betty break up with him was that, oh, he's talking to girls other than me. Yeah, kind of. Like, that's what I don't... Like, I guess she was supposed to kind of foreshadow it, like... Because there's this moment where she approaches him, like, while they're watching the race and he's not looking at her. And she kind of has this sort of dismayed look. Yeah, why is he looking at the girls that Are... he trained for several years and watching them race instead of watching me stand quietly near him? Like, yeah. I don't know what her logic is supposed to be either. Also, why was her sister there? Yeah, like, really, what was the point of her sister? She didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. But it's just the most confusing show. Like, I, I don't know. There's a part of me that wants to, like, that wants to root for Betty here, almost. Because she's the only one who seems to have any sense. You know, she's basically, you know what? I'm done with this situation. Like, I am not in the middle of this. And the coach, and Tanahashi clearly mm -hmm. does not care. Yeah. Like, but I just, I hate these main characters so much that I don't want to see them succeed. Do you know what else I hate? What's that? That this show has the audacity to imply <laughs> that it's going to get a second season. 
Because I was literally going to use those exact same words. Yeah. Like the, the audacity of the show. Yeah, like clearly this show is a failure. Um, like, but the fact that they or the fact that they would even begin to think we care about these reporter girls. Yeah, these very minor characters who've been in the background, and then uh, the last line of the show is them being approached to replace Yuri and Megumi as the next, you know, writers for Miyake. Uh, which is just weird. Like, isn't this supposed to? This island is supposed to be. Like, the capital of Japanese Nila racing, and they can't get a single person to join the club? Like, why do they, why do they have to convince people to join the club? I, I thought this was, like, this is the whole economy of this island shut down for this race, and they can't get anyone to want to do it? That's crazy. Yeah, I'm because there are no other girls for them to do this with. Outside of maybe the announcer girls. Well, okay, but they haven't introduced. I'm saying like there's an there. Right. The no, school... I understand what I understand what you're saying. Right. What I'm saying is that the showrunner logic is well, we don't have any other girls, so yeah. uh, I guess they should be the racers. Mmm, man. I like. I hate it. But also, if they made another season, I would watch. I would watch it. <laughs> <laughs> you almost have to see, just because we didn't get the story of the the Kansai group or or the Osakan group. Sorry, or we didn't get the story of the Goth girls. Oh yeah, the... I really need to see that. <laughs> well, we got everybody else, Matt. It almost seems fair. It almost seems unfair otherwise. I also can't help but notice that they did manage to sneak in one more Hot Springs sequence in the show. Because the show has actually been lacking them these past couple episodes. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and I... they just, they, they had to sneak that in at the end there. And they had to get the, they had to get Mao and uh, Hitomi in there as well. I did think it was funny that when they were in the Hot Spring, like, everyone just sat in a perfect circle in the middle of the Hot Spring. Like, <laughs> in a way that no one in the real world <laughs> sits in a bath. Like... Like, no one was leaning against the edge. No, they were just in the middle of the hot spring in a perfect circle, like non-humans. Um, yeah, that is what they do. That's always been what they do. I know, but yeah, there's not much human about this show, so I guess it fits. I, I, I wonder sometimes, like, were we too hard on Long Riders? Like, I, I think we might have been. Yeah, Long Riders at least made sense in its own world. Like, it was boring and dumb, but, you know, clearly somebody on the staff cared a little bit. This show, I guess people cared during the racing sequences. They're actually decently, like, yeah. you know, in the couple of moments we actually have them, they're not, like, terribly animated. They actually look mm -hmm. kind of nice sometimes. Now, admittedly, that's also because, you know, they don't animate them terribly often, but, you know, they clearly saved their entire budget just for these last couple episodes because obviously people are going to be watching this to the very end. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which, that's the same way there was an interview with, like, Welcome to the Ballroom, where they said, like, oh, man, like, you just wait the last six episodes. Like, we really blew the lid off. We were going at 100% before, but we went to, like, 150% on the last six. Like, everyone stopped watching after, like, four episodes, dude. Like, <laughs> why would you save it for the end? Like, no one, no one's watching this. Yeah, kind of. So, yeah, look forward to that two-car review next week sometime. But, uh, yeah, this this was a real stumper. Yeah. Um, and uh, so the last thing we did is we watched a lot of Big Wind-Up. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, 
guys, we had to finish the show, uh, so yeah, we watched episodes 10, 11, 12, 12 and a half, and 13. <laughs> we thought we had three episodes left. Yeah, we had five. Um, and yeah, you'd think 12 and a half would be like a recap episode. It was just regular episode. I yeah, don't... no, I, I think it, they probably, like, when it aired in Japan, it was probably, like, 12 was probably aired as, like, a dual episode, so they oh. probably just, for, the, like, the DVD yeah. release, they just recalled it, like, 12 and then 12 and a half. Oh, like an hour-long episode. Yeah, it must have been, like, an hour-long episode or something like that. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, so anyway, uh, a lot happened. Um, right. Uh, essentially, uh, the with in the Bijou game... Uh, Bijo was able to figure out uh, Nishira's pattern. They started uh, figuring out Momoi's signs because Abe got injured uh, during a play uh, where he uh, got run into by Takeshi, who's the other team's catcher. Um, And so Momoi had to start giving signs to uh, Tajima, who was the new catcher. Uh, Bijo was able to uh, decode those signs and uh, get a six-run lead towards the end of the game, yep. and Nishiro really wasn't able to keep up with the uh, high-speed pitching of uh, Bijou's side, so they lost in pretty dramatic fashion. Um, Takeshi uh, ended up having a confrontation with Roka, where it, it came out that basically Roka was giving him signs to hurt other players. I'm not really sure how that worked, but that's what happened. And yeah. so, in, as Penance, Takeshi said he would never play baseball again. And pretty much left it there. Um, and then uh, the Nishiura team got, got back together, and they decided that they wanted to have a common goal, um, and they wanted to have something they were shooting for as they moved into the new tournaments. Uh, and so they decided they wanted to win Koshien. Uh, so, there you go. That's the end <laughs> of the show. A uh, good place for us to end on as well, I would say. Sure, it's appropriate. <laughs> um so watching these last few episodes in a row it really reminded me like why we really liked the show and not only that how watching this show week to week was not the format to watch it in yeah we should have been doing this like 13 episodes at a time yeah because like this is a show that really needs to be marathon because like you know i've always enjoyed watching a, a big windup but you know i didn't really like i wasn't really like getting into it Mm-hmm. Like, week to week, but, like, man, sitting down and, like, watching this just, like, as a marathon, like, oh, man, I was tense the entire time. Yeah, because you really, you, you pick up the momentum, because every time you stop between episodes, you lose the momentum of what you're watching. Right. And, like, especially because the show just doesn't, like, they manage to just sort of constantly defy your expectations, uh, based off, you know, based off of the, you know, the common tropes of sports anime, like, you know, they were going out, like, this was effectively the evil team, right? Like, right. you know, this is the team that's cheating, you know, they're playing dirty. Uh, so, you know, you kind of expect them, to, you know, you kind of expect to have that moment where, you know, they catch on to how they're being evil, you know, and, you know, to figure out how to make that work against them, right? Right. Uh, that never happens. Mm-hmm. Like, and they lose. This is a big character moment for, like, Nishira. And it's, I mean, I hate to say it like this, it's very true to life. Like... You know, sometimes you just have those weird moments where, like, where, like, the little guy ends up somehow taking on a massively, like, hyped-up team, and then gets beat by, like, a completely unremarkable one. Yeah. Like, and, again, like, the series, like, 
it's weird because it's unexpected because it's portraying it so real. Uh-huh. Like, it's too it's so close to life that you almost don't expect it from something that's fictional. Yeah, because you see this, like, the closest thing we have in America to uh, the summer baseball tournament is uh, March Madness, which is our college basketball tournament. Right. Um, and, yeah, that's always what you see is, I mean, people watch it for the upsets. Because um, you'll have, like a number 15 seed beat a number two seed and you'll be like, Oh my gosh. Like, you know, uh, Southern Mississippi state is like amazing. So like Florida Gulf coast university is like, Oh, they're so good. Uh, and then they lose to like a number nine seed because of course, like they got really lucky once, um, yeah, but they're yeah, not exactly. actually a better team at their core. Right, exactly. And I mean, that's exactly what's portrayed here. You know, Nishiura, they got lucky against Tosei because they couldn't really get a good read on their team. But as soon as that they were scouted out and figured out the strategy, like, they couldn't do it. And the, sort, the series sort of kind of defies to play to traditions of sports series. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, like, watching these last few episodes, and I just, I love this final sequence during, like, the end game, you know, where, like, like uh, Nishiura's getting, like, really riled up, and, you know, they really, really ramp up the budget, like, you know, watching, like, uh, Tajima run around the bases with mm. all those, like, arcing yeah. pans. Yeah. Oh, uh, they're really so good. Yeah, like, just capturing the energy of that moment. And then, you know, how do they lose? They have their backup batter, who's not been trained, get struck out. Exactly, and the whole section is cheering his name, Nishihiro, Nishihiro, and he's just thinking, like, I gotta get a hit, I gotta get a hit, I gotta get a hit, and he doesn't. Yeah, it's just, that's it, that's the end of the game. It's like, and I, just, oh, I love well, the way that the music just, like, as soon as that third strike happens, it just cuts out. Just, like, fantasy's over, guys, like, this isn't yeah. happening. Yeah, it's like, well, of course, the worst batter on the team is gonna strike out against... Uh, a like the ninth inning pitcher for a good team because he's the worst batter on the team. Like, what do you expect? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, he's the backup player. The only reason he's even in the game right now is because uh, is because Abe's on the be- had to be benched. Like, uh-huh. uh, but yeah, and it's just it, it just works so well. Like, sorry, I'm just kind of gushing right now. That's okay. But uh. I kind of also this is a little this is a little on the nose. I get I get kind of a kick out of the fact that his name is Nishi Hero, as in Nishi's hero. Mmm. I don't think I, that was intentional. I don't think it was either, but I'm gonna pretend it was. Fair enough. Um Yeah. Uh the the other thing that I thought was interesting was sort of like trying to wrap up the Roka arc. Yeah. Uh where so like so he's this coach at Bijo, he's a college student. Um, but he's coaching the high school team. He, you know, was the old captain at Tose, but he lost in the first round, and he's still kind of bitter about it. Um, and so now when he went back to Coach Bijou, he ended up trying to recruit people uh, to do his bidding, and he would get them on the squad if they would do whatever he told them to, which usually meant, uh, like, getting into situations where they could run headlong into opposing players and injure them so that right. they would win. Um, which, as far as you could tell, is like, and and when he was confronted by Takeshi about it, he was like, well, you know, if I was playing, I wouldn't need someone to tell me to do it. I would beat up anyone who stood in my way. You know, and it's like, okay, this isn't actually about 
Bijou winning. This is about you still resenting how how it ended, you know, with, with your baseball career. Um, it was, I mean, this is kind of how these sports shows go, where the only way that Takeshi could be redeemed, since he had done a bad thing and he had cheated, um, the only way he could be redeemed was by renouncing baseball forever. And they never, like, they didn't address, like, did he actually go through with it? Did he actually end up talking to the coach? Did What were the ramifications of it? That's something I would have liked to see. Uh, but that they might just be something that they end of, uh, ended up covering in the manga, because I know the I'm manga's sure still going on. I'm sure, I'm sure they did bring it up later. It's just unfortunate that we didn't get to see it. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But at the same time, I don't know if you really need that resolved. Because, you know, he's also a high school student. You know, it's very easy for him to make these big proclamations... Yeah. About, it's like, no, I'll never do this again. But, you know, when push comes to shove, you know, he's he's a high school student. He's going to do what he wants to anyway. Fair enough. Uh, like, I, I think, you know, it does kind of capture that sort of essence of that, you know, that sort of feeling when you're that young, you know. It's just like, everything is an extreme. Yeah. And, I mean, admittedly, he did cheat. Like, I mean, I get why that probably weighs on his conscience as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but... No, I, I don't know if I would necessarily need to have that resolved or not. Um, ju just because of that. Like, I, I think as an ending for the series, just as an anime, I think it works fine. I, I kind of like having that little bit of ambiguity. Fair enough. Um, I will say that I was a little confused. Like, I, I didn't really get... Like, I didn't gather it until you actually said it, that Roka's strategy was to actually signal to... To Takeshi to, like, injure players. Yeah, well, it wasn't clear because it looked like in this game he never made that signal. It's just that right. Takeshi was always looking to see if he would make a signal. So apparently in the past he would make signals, but I'm not sure what those would be. And it sounded like in both the other situations it was like, oh, it only happened when Takeshi was on third and there was a play at the plate. And so he, like, ran into the catcher. Right. Uh, but, like, so how, wh what other plays are getting called? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. Because that, that was something, because, you know, whenever you go up against the evil team and they're doing something kind of weird, you know, there is always kind of that moment where you get that sort of explanation where, you know, they get caught in the act. And, you know, yeah. that's supposed to be the big, you know, that's supposed to be the kind of the big moment where they come back, mm -hmm. where the team comes back. And we never did get that because, I mean, you know, by necessity, because they lost. Yeah, and, um, and maybe it's one of those things, it's like, oh, we, we're not supposed to really understand what their relationship was and what those signs were because they didn't do them. So, like, why would we figure it out if they didn't do them? I guess the only thing I can think of is, like, maybe he was waiting to see if he was going to be there because they make a big point about mentioning how he's gone forever uh, for, like, unknown reasons. Yeah. Uh, so, like, maybe he's looking up there to see whether or not he's going to leave or if he's going to get a sign that he's going to leave soon. I don't know. Um, yeah, it probably doesn't deserve that much thought. Yeah, probably not. Um, the, the one final thing I'd like to point out is that it seems like uh, Mihashi and Abe have had their sort of resolution with one another because they both kind of realized how toxic their relationship is. Yeah. I mean... I don't know. It was nice. I agree. I agree. It was nice. A good summary of this show. <laughs> cool. So, do you want to call it there, Matt? Yeah, man. Let's call it. Hey, we're not we're not going away, but we're going to do something different. 
Um, thanks for a year and a half of talking to me every Sunday, practically. Oh, yeah. No, I've always enjoyed it, Matt. It's always been a highlight of my week. Yeah. So, we'll still do it. We'll find we'll find ways to keep it interesting for us and for whoever listens. So Yeah. True enough. And, hey, anybody who's actually, like, stuck with us, you know, thanks for that. We do appreciate it. It's always nice to know that at least somebody likes to listen to us blather. Yep. All right, Matt. Until next time. Later. Our logo design is by James Ratcliffe. The theme music is Fly High by Burnout Syndromes, covered and performed by Luke Bartka. You can follow Cast on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and our email is koshiancast at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We will be back next week with the best and worst from the world of sports anime, and until then, keep training.